Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast featuring the Crop Doctors. Good morning from the Crop Doctors Podcast Studio in Stoneville. Tom and I are here. Drew's here. And Mr. Dylan Russell is here with us, too. Dylan works for Drew. And we'll let Dylan tell you all a little bit about himself in a second. Today is November the 3rd. Mm-hmm. My Strangely. Dad, my day's birthday is tomorrow, by the way. Oh, Claire's birthday. Okay. Um, yeah, we're at birthday season, and our family has officially started. We got several in November. But it too. also, do you realize we've only had one decent rain since the last time Drew was in here? We, and that's what scares me. That I, was in I September. Told, so I told yeah. the people in my program that we needed to get the last few things out of the field as fast as possible because we were podcasting with Drew this morning. And I know what that means. The listeners know what that means. Drew knows what that means. It's not going to be raining when we walk out of here this morning like it was in August. When we Hush your about, mouth. <laughs> well, the, sun, the sun's coming through the shades, Tom. It's not it going to be raining this doesn't morning. doesn't mean anything. If you could conjure one up, Drew, this would, it'd be pretty well-timed at this point. You'll get some local weather folks that'll quit if you can conjure one up. <laughs> I'd quit. He, his, <laughs> I could do a lot of other things if I conjure one up today. His track record is that's a little... That's exactly right. If I had a crystal ball, wouldn't be here. <laughs> his track record's a little eerie, though. Oof. We're going to hurt his percentage. Yeah, I think you're going to be able to dry run on this one, Drew. All right, Dylan has been sitting here worried about what I'm going to ask him because mm-hmm. he knows I'm going to ask him something. <laughs> Drew, Drew's been on the chopping block a bunch of times, so it, it, today is your day, buddy. And I don't even know what I'm going to ask you right now. I'm, I'm still trying to think, so that's why I'm talking while I'm thinking. So Halloween was this week, Dylan, mm-hmm. and Thanksgiving's coming up. So are you more of a Halloween man or a Thanksgiving man? Oh, my birthday is October 25th, so right there by Halloween. Um, I'd say I'm more of a Thanksgiving man, though. Solid choice. I actually make the dressing for my family every year. Okay. So, yeah, I learned that from my great-grandmother back when I was probably about eight or nine years old. So since I was about 15, I was the one that started making it by myself and make it for my whole family every year. Tom, do y'all eat dressing? Like cornbread dressing? Depends on who we have Thanksgiving with. Okay. My mother-in-law makes cornbread dressing. My mother makes stuffing. Which is altogether different. It's 100% different. And that actually gets stuffed in the bird in most cases. It does not go in a pan in the oven. Although you can do it both ways. Drew, how does North Texas do it? Dressing. Dressing, cornbread dressing? Cornbread dressing. Good man. My favorite. It's a big deal, though, Tom. Like It, it is Dylan, a very big deal. Dylan say makes it for his whole family. That's a big-time make or break pressure. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. When my grandmother passed away, my mom, when it came to the next event where dressing was called for, she stressed over that. She's got a great recipe. It's different than what my grandmother made, but everybody was very satisfied with it, so she's hung with it now for quite a while, so she, she does a good job on it. But, yeah, I commend you, dude. That's a scary undertaking. Oh, yeah, that's a big task there. Why don't you give us a rundown, Dylan? Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do for Drew. I'm from the Delta, so I grew up in Greenville. I started actually working at DREC as a summer worker under Dr. Jason Krutz after high school. Um, decided to pursue a bachelor's degree in agronomy, so I went moved to Mississippi State. Finished my degree in 2019. 
uh, moved back home and started on my master's under Dr. Gapreet Carr. Completed that in spring of 22. Uh, and ever since then, once I've completed that, I started working with Drew. And we've been developing the Mississippi Master Irrigator Program as well as working on some other things, uh, developing a Mississippi Irrigation Manual. Uh, and I've also been helping him a lot with a lot of his on-farm uh, programs he has. Drew, Master Irrigator, that's a new thing in y'all's program. I know there's Master other things in extension, like Master Gardener. Some states have Master Farmer programs. I don't know if we have a Master Farmer program. I don't think we do. LSU had a Master Farmer program. Does it go in that category with those other programs? Yeah, I think it'd fall in that category. It's it's very similar. I mean, there's some, you know, little tweaks um, from from each one. Uh, So Master Irrigator, though, does exist from a national standpoint. So in in Texas, when I was was there, worked closely with a groundwater conservation district that had originally developed a program where they saw the need of, we have a lot of these conservation practices, water conservation practices, and understanding the, the, the basics of it, the, the formal teaching need of it. So they developed this, this course and they worked with NRCS. So being able to incentivize some of the, some of the, uh, the practices and, and the participants that come in there, but the, and it kind of grew from there. Uh, Oklahoma State uh, started one, Colorado State started one. Since that, I've been we've been getting as a group as a so I think what is it Texas, Oklahoma, Colorado, working with Arkansas, us, uh, Minnesota Kansas, has one. Minnesota starting one. Georgia wants to start one. So we've been as a group, as a national group developing a lot of these uh, curriculums and programs and, and, and for the needs of it. Officially, we we just started ours when we'd launch it. Beginning of October. For, for enrollment. We've been working on this for, I may have mentioned it in my interview, uh, so it's been it's been a while <laughs> <laughs> going, trying to get something going. But really, like, we you know, we've been working on it for a year at least, mm-hmm. right, trying yeah. to develop the, the new stuff. Like he mentioned the, the manual and the curriculum. And so we have online video, so it's a lot of going into it. But it, overall, it, it's a course where and, and they set up guidelines when they orig- when this this multiple uh, multi state group of it has to be X number of hours. It has to have several other things that go along with it that would make it uh, a master irrigator type course. What we're trying to do is really get at some of the education behind some of these tools instead of just saying use soil moisture sensors how do you use it where do you put it in the field uh, how do you take the numbers and just really crunching down we go even further back into soil water holding capacity some um, a lot of other basic background curriculum that we're de- developing with that to give an over overview of of how this stuff works and how do they be more efficient with these practices that they can use you said you're just now in the sign-up phase. And I'll let Dylan go through the, the walkthrough of how it looks. But it is, they can sign up and start now. And one thing, the, the, we're the only, I, I think there's, I guess there's only four live states that's going right now. But yeah. of, of those, we're the only one. We've developed ours as a hybrid system, so it's not all in-person. They all have four days of sitting in their, their classroom, and we created ours where it's um, hybrid both online and in-person. So when you say start, it's, it's, it's I mean, it's November, but what am I starting? Obviously, I'm not doing anything in the field. Yeah, so you're talking about start, like your yes. enrollment. Yeah, yes. so you can get online, enroll right now. We have several uh, series of curriculum and modules, online modules, that, that someone would need to complete. 
You just need to have that completed by, uh, what is it, February 21st? January 31st to complete the, okay, the well, there you go. modules. Uh, so so end of January. So you could start that now and just wait. So we've got a window between October to the end of January to complete the online modules to be able to uh, be ready for the in-person uh, training. So they could start it today. They could start it in two weeks. They could start it in a month. But we have these spaced out uh, online curriculum. So we take the online curriculum now in, in preparation for in-person training or in-person yes. program sometime in the spring of 24. Yes. Yeah, it would be uh, uh, February 21st and 22nd that we'll be coming in. Well, Dylan, give us the details of the training that's available right now. Okay. So we started the online portion of the program. That is meant to cover background information. So we go into uh, some soil water stuff there. We go a little bit into some crop water use with different different row crops, but um, mainly just some background information that we would like for the participants to know beforehand before we get to the in-person. The way that looks is we we put all of the information on Canvas. Once you sign up, you automatically get a Canvas login. Uh, you get on Canvas, and we have all of these different modules broken down based on the, the topic that, it, that it's under. Uh, each of the modules begin with a pre-quiz. So we've designed a pre-quiz. You'll go through, watch the video, and then you'll take the post-quiz. Also on the online portion, we developed a, a pre-programmed survey that we would like for everybody to go through just to give us some, some background information about them and something that we can use to, you know, tailor towards our, our in-person events. But that's how that looks. Um, and like I said, we have set it up to where you must go through all of these modules by January 31st. And then our in-person meeting is going to be on 20, February 21st and 22nd. Uh, we allowed us a little time there to plan for the in-person meeting and the amount of people that we're going to have for that. And right now we're still working on the agenda for the in-person meeting. Uh, we pretty much have a preliminary agenda set, but we still have some things to finalize there. So you mentioned Canvas, and just for folks listening that have never done that before, that's just a like an online classroom type deal that Mississippi State subscribes to. I don't think it's well. It's just no. That, it, it's that, worked well. Yeah. I mean, we've we're, we have enrollment right now, and we've yeah. tried to make it as simple as possible. And Dylan has has reached out individually to every registrate, yeah. every registrant um, about making sure that they, if they have any questions. They're coming on, they contact yes. you. I don't think we've had... I haven't had any issues, really. The only issues we've had is with participants that currently work for Mississippi State that have already have a, you know, a state login, that there's kind of been some conflict there, but <laughs> something that we've been working out pretty easily. So far, we have 32 participants signed up. And oh. we chose Canvas because, I mean, I've used Canvas for the last... When I was doing my undergrad as well as my master's, I used Canvas, and it seemed like a really... Pretty straightforward yeah, platform. It's very user-friendly, mm -hmm. and it's pretty simple and does a good job of kind of maintaining the structure that you'd need for any of that and then recording the fact that they've actually taken the video, mm -hmm. as I understand it. And that, that's just my basic limited understanding. Now, of I like that I can, I can monitor all of their, their progress through there. So I can see all of the activity, what module they are working on, what they've completed. That way then, too, I can go through there, you know, send an email announcement out there reminding everyone to finish all the modules. So two questions. How many modules are there? And then what are some of the topics covered in the different ones? Okay. So we have about nine to ten different modules right now. We have a 
soybean water use module that Dr. Trent Irby did for us, uh, corn water use with Dr. Larson. Dr. Dave Spencer did a module on pivot irrigation strategies. Dr. Mary Love Taggart did some on-farm water storage, have that on there. Then we also have some, some private entities and some resources on there available. So we reached out to uh, YMD. So YMD did a couple videos for us on going through their online application, well permit application. And then they also did a video for us on their interactive map. So how you can go online, view their interactive map, see all the wells and everything on there. And then we, I got Paul Rodriguez from NRCS to go through some NRCS programs and how um, some irrigation water management practices tie into their, their programs they have. So not only is it educational instruction, but we have those, those private entities and some resources out there for the growers to, to look at. How long are those videos? What's your general duration? It's about anywhere between 20 to 45 minutes per video. And then uh, not only that, too, we also made a couple how-to videos. So these are just some short five-minute videos where we show growers how to install soil moisture sensors, setting up surge irrigation. I think we did a flow rate, how to, how to properly get your flow. Uh, so we have about five or six of those short how-to videos as well. I'll add, going back to my original of the overview and overall question, but we, we had, so NRCS is a big uh, part of this in their uh, EQIP and their funded uh, conservation programs. And, and I mean, just in generalizing, but two of the biggest barriers to doing some of these water irrigation, water management practices is financial and, and understanding or knowledge or education part of it. And so the over, overall thought process when we were setting this up is if we could tie those two things together so that if, if we had equipped dollars that were helping farmers uh, or incentivizing farmers to try certain practices, if we could couple that trial or, or incentive, incentive into trying a, a certain conservation practice with the education on how to do it correctly, they're going to be more successful in using that certain practice past that, that, that program. Trying to be able to take those two incentive program and education and, and then tying those together. And so currently we, we're working with NRCS that it is written into their, into the IWM and EQIP program that if, if they complete this course, then this counts as a management of, of, of their IWM. And so I'm going to, if I go too far into EQIP, I'm going to start lying because I get so confused in a lot of the NRCS programs. But as opposed to, say, say that you're doing an advanced uh, program and you said you're going to use this tool or this tool, say it's soil moisture sensors, and you have to prove and, and send in uh, uh, the, the readings of the sensor they they would not have to do any of that. They can just turn in their approval or they're shown that they completed this course and would not have to do any of the management. And, and their their thought process on that is if they took the time to understand how to do these practices and how to uh, go through this education program uh, on their own, then, then they trust that they're going to be able to manage and do actually do those certain practices instead of verify that they're doing those practices. Because one comment that was made to me is a lot of the times what they get in when they have to prove or show that they're doing soil moisture sensors, it, it, they turn in their, their battery usage because it's a graph as well. And so that's a prime example of, of making sure that we understand that we're using these practices correctly so they actually get the advantages that, that we're seeing on station and through our research of, of using them. So tying those two things together. So that was my next 
question, Drew, before you describe that. The incentive beyond the increased efficiency of your irrigation and the, and the education is more levels of participation in the NRCS conservation programs. Yes, yeah, I mean, that's a big incentive, and there is, I mean, there is payments to for NRCS through management, so this counts as that management, so they can get uh, paid for that, if that makes sense. Um, my ultimate hope is that that if they complete this course, is then we can work with NRCS to have some kind of priority uh, for these, because I think if you have a, a set of growers that have gone through this course, and then being able to have them set up really successfully for this incentive pro- for EQIP or whatever program we're talking about. And being, that's where we really tie that, that money together. And then another incentive that we uh, are working on as well, and several other companies um, have are decided to participate with this program is there's several uh, irrigation companies, sensor companies that have are supportive of this program. And so they'll be able to some of them have told us they'll give subscriptions out and hand out soil moisture sensors or telemetry boxes, have giveaways for all those that have come through our course. Dylan, in the spring, what will the field part of the program look like? We've kind of broken it up to where we're going to have some, you know, in, inside instruction with our some of our guest speakers. We've also have, have put together some in-field demonstrations. So we're going to have some different stops set up where uh, we'll show you how to install some of these soil moisture sensors, uh, pull up the platform online, show you how to interpret the graphs uh, to be able to make decisions. We're going to have some some in outside demonstrations on surge irrigation. Anything else? I think yeah, we're, sure. uh, we're going to have a pumping plant efficiency. Pumping plant so efficiency. We're going to go out to one. a well and, and walk through on how to how to do some of the the readings and and turn on a well and and take those equations to get at a pumping plant plant efficiency and, and see if there's different tweaks or the the right RPM that is the most efficient to use and so that we're saving. And there's a lot of uh, advantages to, to reduce the amount of fuel consumption based on finding and understanding your pumping plant or your, your well efficiency. Mm-hmm. Any plans to get some coordinated data sharing between those that are taking the course and what you need for general output? Meaning... So like sharing the, the farmers. Seeing, seeing how they implement what they've gotten from the course, whether or not they're going to use soil. I mean, obviously oh, yes. they're going to use a, soil yes, moisture yeah, exactly. sensors, and then you can track how that is applied to general benefit on their particular farm. Yeah, exactly. We, we have evaluations set up to where, we, you know, we have intentions to on the last day of what, the, what they plan to do. And then the Dylan's one of his tasks will be to, to keep in touch. And for two reasons, um, to like, what are you doing? Did it help? Are we being successful in, in using them, the, the tools that we talked about? Are they having success with those with those practices? Uh, but two is a resource. So, I mean, I hope we, we develop a group. What we normally do through our extension uh, programs that we there were out there and, and, and ready to help any type of grower that wants to call. But the ones that go through theirs, if, if we're having a, a Dylan can call them up and making sure that they don't, they don't need any help or, or make or mm-hmm. ask them if they need any help on and having a resource or to each one of those growers that go through there. So there'll be a, a follow-up that will continue to stay in touch. And another thing that we kind of going on that as a resource, but also what's the in-person question is trying to, we'll, we'll have some, some other growers that are doing co- certain conservation practices so that they're not just listening to us talk about it uh, the whole time that, that some of these other that have, been successful with it and really seen the advantages of some of these tools they can hear from them instead of just from us so where can i find my enrollment 
All right, or, so, where do I go to enroll? Well, one, you can just get on Google, type in Mississippi Master Irrigator, and it'll pull up. We have it both on the extension website as well as our NCAR website. So ncar.msstate.edu or get on extension, and you can find them both on there. Blog link? Yes, I did post it on the blog. Yes, that would be the Mississippi Crop Situation blog. Drew, I never hear NCAR, and I don't chuckle about you listing off all the different ways people have missaid NCAR. NCAA is what I keep hearing Drew say. Mm-hmm. NASCAR. <laughs> NASCAR, yeah. yeah, yeah that well, it's close. Yeah. It's close. It's ballpark. The more we put on there, the Google is, is starting to have us come up. But when you – even if you wanted to search in car, that, that those were some of those come from. You could get Dylan to just. You know, you could pay for that too, right? You fix could, those metrics by just sitting there throughout the day and just typing that into Google, and it'll just increase the metrics. Mm-hmm. Sure. Particularly in the summertime when Drew keeps making it rain. Absolutely, it's important. You know, stick it on X, Twitter. Come on, that's right. got to push. All right, what else? Well, we probably need to talk about y'all have any plans. I mean, I, is this mostly beginner oriented? And then you're going to do advanced classes on this or no plans for that? We've talked about that. I don't. Five-year refresher? Yeah. I mean, I guess if there's new information that comes out, uh, we could add a. Only do that if you could ultimately get a black belt in irrigation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Wow. I hadn't thought about that. That's the first thing I thought about. (laughs) And, you know, another thing, though, that I think as far as, like, reaching back out or them they say if they need a refresher or something like that. That's why we've been developing the irrigation manual too. So that manual is a really in-depth look at everything you're going to learn in this course uh, and more. So I think it's about 120, 130-page manual that we've developed that uh, each participant is going to get at the conclusion of the course. Yeah, that's not it, a manual. That's a book. That's a no, book. It, well, and, it, and that was <laughs> it is. how to God. And and we're not covering everything in the courses with it. But what we what our goal with that was is if if you irrigate in Mississippi any type of resource and program or tool, it is it is in there. So it's there for them to hold during the course. But we're not going to go through it page by page. But it's something they can take back and. And go a little bit further into it, and, and we we put everything that they would need to know, and maybe more in there. Man, that's awesome. When we talked about doing a podcast on Master Irrigator, I, I only had a loose idea of what y'all were even talking about, but I think that's a that's really cool. We just don't have much like that in row crop agriculture. I mean, that I'm familiar now, with. Some one of these states down here is like a soybean school. Does Arkansas have soybean school? I don't know. I think they do. Why don't you do a master pest manager program? Because I, I don't know I that I'm a master pest manager. <laughs> I'm not a master of anything. I, I'm not either. Well, the environment bests me on a regular basis. Drew, Dylan, thank y'all for spending part of your Friday morning with us. We appreciate it. It's great to see y'all. And that's good information. I mean, that irrigation is super important learning how to do it's even more important with the tools that continue to be developed we appreciate you having on having us on and i mean anybody listening on please uh you know if you have go on try to register if you can find the resources online but reach out to dylan or i and we'd be happy to to help or answer any questions or walk you through it thanks guys The Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast is a production of Mississippi State University Extension.